Welcome everybody to the Blue Skies Dronecast, the podcast by UAV Hub. This is a podcast for the UK drone industry discussing everything from the UK regulations, new drones and also speaking to you, the people within the drone industry. Presented this week by Tom and Adam. So welcome along everyone uh, again to another episode. Um, This is a special episode because as you're hearing this, it is November the 2nd or it is coming out on November the 2nd. So hopefully you're listening to it pretty much straight away or within a day or so because we're going to be talking about uh, fireworks night. So that's coming up uh, very soon on the 5th of November, obviously, and uh, a good time to talk about potentially filming fireworks uh, with a drone. So that's what we're going to be kind of talking about in in this episode. But before we make a proper start, um, Adam, how are you doing? Okay. Yeah, all good, Tom. It's getting a bit colder now. Um, The nights are drawing (laughs) in. Um, How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, I think uh, ready for ready for bonfire night. I think I always like going out and uh, seeing a few fireworks and having a I don't know baked potato and whatever you do, <laughs> you know, there at your at your uh, local uh, fireworks night. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, looking good. And uh, like you say, yes, it is definitely winter now. I think, isn't it too? So uh, yeah, hopefully you've all listened to a previous episode that we did on winter flying as well, because that will hopefully help you out uh, for any flights and potentially flights during uh, this celebration um, as so well. So without everyone, further ado... Hopefully everyone's oh, laid laid up with all their uh, their gear that we recommended for them to buy. There we go. I mean, there's, yeah, there is no it. excuse. There is not now, no. So what better night than uh, the 5th of November to test out all of this stuff that we've been previously speaking about. So uh, like I was saying, without further ado, I think we'll get into uh, this episode. So like we mentioned, we're going to be talking about best practices when trying to film uh, a fireworks display. Obviously, to start with, um, very difficult because uh, normally very dark and fireworks are normally very bright. So that's what we're going to be kind of finishing the episode with. Uh, giving you some camera settings, I think, is probably very important. But before we kind of get on to the technical side of stuff, the first thing we need to focus on um, is the, the safety side of things. So, um, Adam, let's uh, let's talk about that side of things. So, again, we need to be aware that we can do this legally. It's all fine, but there are a few bits and pieces that we need to think about. And like I said, we've got some top tips. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's have a look at that. So we need to make sure that we're flying legally to start with. So would we necessarily need a qualification, Adam, to, to do this? We wouldn't actually, would we? But it might make things easier. Yeah, so I mean, the same kind of rules apply generally if you're going to be flying okay. um, in the day or the night. Yeah, the same thing applies. So yeah, if you've got a sub 250 gram drone, something like the Mini, uh, Mini Two, Mini Three, then you know you are absolutely fine with just your operator ID. Understand um, the user manual as well. Mm. I'd still recommend getting the A1A3 certificate to get your flyer ID. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth getting that because it's free. Uh, not mandatory though for a sub 250 gram drone, but I still highly recommend it. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, anything bigger than that, then you're actually probably going to need um, either an A2 CFC if it's under two kilograms, um, especially if it's legacy drones, which they are all are as of today at the moment. Um, yeah. Or even better um, is having uh, an operational authorization with PDRA01. Uh, and that's by getting yourself the the GVC qualification. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully that all makes sense and people understand 
uh, that side of it at the moment. And I guess really the most important thing to be aware of here is uh, it's all to do with the people, isn't, isn't it really? So normally when you're going to a fireworks display, there's quite a lot of people around and that's obviously the most dangerous place to be flying uh, an aircraft, it, even if you forget about the fireworks themselves. You know, lots of people tightly packed together is obviously the CIA's worst nightmare, I suppose really we could say. So it's always good to make sure that we're keeping our, we're keeping our distances, we're not overflying uh, and we're keeping a sensible distance away from these people and basically planning for the worst case situation. If the drone fails, where's it going to land? If it's going to land in an empty field, you know, at the side of where these people are standing, then that's that's perfect. If it's going to land in them or on them, then that's obviously not right and that's probably illegal flying, I would say. That's the easiest way to interpret that, isn't it, Adam? Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's this is all about assemblies of people. There is likely going to be an assembly of people. And if you don't know by now, then here's another kind <laughs> of you know, public service announcement. You cannot fly over an assembly of people. And an assembly of people doesn't have to be a large crowd. It can be a small gathering of people. Um, the, the kind of critical criteria is if a person is unable to get out of the way um, of an out-of-control unmanned aircraft, then it is defined as an assembly of people. So you know, a, a small gathering, a small display mm. could still be an assembly of people, in which case, if it's a very small drone, something like the Mini, it's no overflight. So just keep your distance away. If it's a larger drone, then it's likely you'll need to stay 50 meters away from uh, an assembly of people. Um, so as kind of Tom's already said, you know, if you're in a, an, an adjacent field, um, you know, that's that's not got anybody in there, then, you know, great. You know, that's nice and sterile. But, you know, if you're planning on taking your drone off next to a group of people, probably a big no-no. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, something that you could probably organise, and again, this is just suddenly sort of popped into my head, really, you know, when firework displays are being uh, executed and when they're being planned, they normally have a very big kind of exclusion zone where people can't go anywhere near. So actually, if you were to liaise with the firework company and do things properly, perhaps you could share that piece of airspace and the chances are that's going to be a sterile, safe zone to fly potentially too, because obviously fireworks are dangerous, so are drones, and they could probably work in that safer zone. But you've got to make sure you ask for permission and you plan for that side of things. So that might be a, a, an interesting way of doing things anyway. So, yeah, but basically keeping away from people is the most important thing. If you can fly in an adjacent field, you know, remember fireworks are big and they go high. So you could get good shots quite sort of further away than you might think, actually, which is quite interesting, too. So that's a, another uh, thing to kind of throw into the mix, I suppose, as well, isn't it? OK, um, having just spoken about flying within the uh, sort of designated firework area. Remember, drones and fireworks probably don't really mix very well. You know, they're very hot, uh, you know, lots of smoke, lots of noise, and obviously very, uh, very warm at the same time. So making sure that your drone doesn't actually share the exact piece of airspace that the fireworks are taking up is is probably a critical, uh, a critical thing to be aware of. So um, not much to sort of, <sighs> talk about here i guess really it's making sure that you either keep a distance from the actual fireworks zone itself maybe or speaking to the people who actually are planning the fireworks uh, and liaising with them to work out where they're going to be where they're going to be exploding how high they're going to be just lots of kind of 
things like that to think about to make sure that your drone is, is, isn't anywhere near the kind of the exploding zone, I suppose. Is that is that about right, Adam, would you say? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you, do, you literally don't want to be flying your drone through the display. Um, no. Otherwise, you're just a, a target for the fireworks. Um, so, <laughs> yes. yeah, keep your, keep, your, keep your distance away from wherever the display is, is going to be because, you know, if it does get hit and it falls out the sky... You, mm. you don't know where it's going to be and you know i would say you're, you're breaking the law as well because you're being negligent with your aircraft by True. flying it through a display um one thing actually i will just um kind of bring up and it's not something we've got to note is check mm. for notams as well check if there's oh, any yeah. notams in place uh for the firework display so even if um I, I suppose especially if you're not a part of the display if you're not a part of the organization yeah the organization might have actually put a NOTAM in place to stop aircraft flying over that um, space, and it will likely affect drones. So um, True. check check that in advance. Check if there's been any restrictions put in place, because if there are, actually, that might work in your favor because there'll be ideally a contact number for the, the organizers, and you'll be able to go give them a quick call and be like, hey, want to get some shots? Can I come and, you know, work with you to get some cool shots you know and then straight away yeah. you've got the, the, the contact details so yeah check the no times just in case yeah that's good and actually you might be able to kind of liaise with these people like adam's just mentioned and um you know give them some footage of their display that they could then potentially use you know as as a demo for their website and stuff like that if they haven't got anything already so you know there are ways to kind of get in there with these companies and uh, they're normally quite uh, quite happy as long as everything is done properly uh, and safely and the chances are if they've got a NOTAM they're, they're doing things properly I would say that's uh, probably what I would I would guess too so yeah that's a, that's a good point Adam uh, nice okay um, so the next subject then is also very important and I would say it's really good to do um, a daylight recce as well so very similar to what we talked about a couple of episodes ago um, about flying at night you want to make sure you go down to the area just to scope it out and check that it isn't going to be an awkward place to fly you know regardless of a firework display or you know regardless of it being dark um, wires you know buildings overhanging tree branches you know all of these things uh, are really important to be aware of and you can also then scope out the area to see where they're going to be launching the fireworks from as well and so you know you might be able to kind of then think right well that's the area i won't fly over you know i can fly around that area but not over it and bits and pieces like that um, and also um it's a good idea to try and um again liaise with the uh the firework company just to make sure that um the fireworks aren't sort of being angled off in a strange direction you know rather than just straight up because i think and i'm probably hopefully not speaking out of turn but hopefully this makes sense if if uh, if it's a windy night then they might actually adjust the kind of trajectory of the fireworks to kind of compensate for that i don't know maybe they don't do that i'm not sure i'm not a, i'm not a firework um Boff. operative <laughs> yeah. i don't know the word <laughs> uh, special effects person or something i don't know but uh, yeah maybe they do that so it... you're not a pyrotechnic ah yes that's the one isn't it yeah that's it yeah so yeah speaking to the uh, to the guys running that is a good idea just because at least then they can give you all the information rather than listening to me who doesn't know everything <laughs> about fireworks uh, i thought you knew it, everything about anything that gets <laughs> launched on the ground yeah top. i know yeah. It, it feels like it when you listen to me doesn't it but no it's not uh, not the case unfortunately um so yeah day, daylight recce is really important scope out the zo zone and the area before you just rock up in the pitch black and hope to fly your aircraft as well okay so that's uh, another subject um everything covered there adam adam anything to add at all do you think 
No, I think that's covered most things off. So, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, especially if you've got an operational authorization, it is a legal requirement to do a daylight yeah. recce um, beforehand. Um, but I would still absolutely always do a daylight recce, regardless, um, like, as we've already alluded to, just to make sure that there's no obstacles that you won't see um, in the day. Uh, sorry, at night. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully that makes sense um, as well. Um, another thing to think about is what are you after as well? So just rocking up with a drone or any type of camera actually and trying to record fireworks, I think there's a bit more to it than that because just half an hour of firework footage from a drone is going to be probably quite boring, you know, if, I, if, if I'm honest. So making sure you've got kind of uh, an idea of maybe like a story you're trying to tell or um, thinking about when maybe you want to launch the aircraft rather than sort of launching it and hanging around in the sky for five minutes before the display starts and maybe you just want to film the finale instead you know maybe that's a bit more sort of easier to do and making more sense i think too uh and another thing to remember is obviously the the height limit as well adam maybe you want to kind of uh, elaborate on that yeah so obviously the, the the max limit you'll be able to go up to is 400 feet 400 feet from the uh closest um point on the surface of the earth so um yeah you know something i mean i don't know how high fireworks go um mm. generally i say i'm not a pyrotechnic i'm not a big enthusiast of fireworks myself but you know you can go up to 400 feet but are you going to see your drone at 400 feet um especially if you've got something like a mini um if you've got no light extra lighting on it um you know if they're off you know fireworks going off is that gonna distract you from seeing your drone you know you, if you mm. suddenly there's loud bangs going off and there's you know, uh, you know the light the the night sky is lighting up you've still got to keep an eye on your drone as well you've still got to keep visual line of sight with it so just be careful with that um i just want to quickly go back to you know, what tom said about you know planning your shots as you know we've all done it we've all gone to firework displays where we've you know we've taken got your phone out taken a video of it not done anything with it whatsoever you're just like oh that was nice and that's that's it you know it's about well why what is the purpose of you being there you know if you're literally going to do nothing with your shots is it worth doing it at the end of the day Mm. you know if you're not physically going to do anything with it if you're not going to create a promotional video with it um if you're not going to create something that's going to kind of benefit you have a think about that because it might not actually be worth the time the effort you know and the and the to, to, to go and shoot fireworks with your drone just enjoy the the it from the ground but you know, if you are doing it really plan your shots out and use your drone as well you know if you don't do ground photography as well or ground videography you know you can still use your drone to capture some beautiful shots on the ground and you know people smiling on the ground people you know if there's a fun mm. fair if there's a bonfire you know use your drone to get some nice little shots on the ground without the propellers on um and then then you can go and get your those kind of nice finale shots with the um yeah with the drone up in the sky so you know you don't have to always use your drone in the sky get some nice ground shots so you can put together a um a nice kind of well not slideshow but you know a nice no. a more varied um, video type thing yeah yeah a, a, either an informative piece or a creative piece you know have a have a think mm. beyond just having shots of fireworks yeah um yeah so obviously you know which kind of going back to that 400 feet some larger fireworks might go higher than 400 feet so um you know You've got to think about where you're um, going to be pointing your drone. You know, if you're going to be pointing it down, you're going to be pointing it up. Where the where are the fireworks going to explode? You know, how close mm. are, are you to those? So yeah. a lot yeah. of things that you've got to think about, especially when you don't know exactly what's going to explode in front of you. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think another thing to remember is can your drone actually physically look up enough? So if you've got these fireworks going up and past you, you might then suddenly try and pan the gimbal or tilt the gimbal upwards, and actually you, you can't get it high enough, and you miss everything so actually you need to be a lot further back and you know by the time you've realized that you've missed it all so yeah do do make sure your your drone is physically capable of actually filming uh the the, the correct fireworks i would say as well too um again another thing uh, a few little tips here i guess for the actual aircraft itself it might be worth trying to switch off the front um, LED marker lights just in case you get any weird reflections on the actual uh, video footage obviously make sure you can still see the drone though at all times that's obviously very important as well and it might be also worth switching off the collision avoidance sensors as well because they don't do very well with bright lights uh, or smoke and again I've had this experience in uh, on flight tests too people have been uh, flying their uh, more modern DJI aircraft with collision avoidance on the front um, and when the sun is really low and really bright the aircraft will suddenly just come to a stop on its own and we couldn't work out what it was but it always did it in a specific point in the sky always facing that one direction and I think the cameras just get blinded by that low sun and it just airs on the side of caution and puts the brakes on briefly and so I would reckon a firework would probably do the same to be honest if you're looking directly at it so just be aware of that and maybe just switch them off if you're not fully confident in how the aircraft is going to behave as well so just a few ideas to think about there um, as well. Um, next subject we've sort of talked about this already really but uh, again in a previous episode I should say but just making sure that you dress for the conditions again remember it's winter it's going to be cold you're going to be kind of out for a little while, I should think, you know, even if you're not pilot, uh, piloting a drone, you know what it's like when you go out and watch a firework display, you're normally quite cold. Now they don't let you get anywhere near the bonfire. You've got to be, you know, two miles away. And yeah, I think that's a bonfire. Or is it a candle? I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, you won't get warm by the bonfire. So you've got to keep warm. So yeah, layers, hats, gloves, you know, everything that you would normally need. And we've spoken about already. Um, again, hot drinks as well. Again, you can probably buy eight pound hot chocolate if you want to at the uh, at the little stall just next to the fireworks but if you bring your own obviously that's nice as well and that'll keep you warm too uh, and the standard equipment I think is still useful isn't it Adam I think do you reckon to bring if you're going to be flying I would say definitely a, a landing mat because you're probably going to be in a cold wet grassy field that's probably going to either be you know, soaked from the night before or it's been raining yeah. or you know it's dewy um mm. yeah get yourself a decent sized landing mat i'd say probably not a little one because yeah. you know, you'd, again you don't want your drone to be landing on a big wet patch that's 30 centimeters away from your tiny <laughs> landing mat so you know people yeah. it's funny because we, we, we see it sometimes in our sort of facebook group that you know some people you know sort of semi mock people that have like the big these big landing <laughs> mats and they've just got like a little mini like well you know what mm. No matter where that mini's gonna land, it's gonna be dry. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna land <laughs> yeah. on a nice level bit of ground rather than you know the big wet muddy patch by the side of it. So yeah. um, I, use it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, uh, people forget it gives you a nice place to actually kneel down as well. You know, sometimes you want to kneel down to to fiddle about with stuff, and actually kneeling on wet grass is awful so if you've got a big landing mat you, you've almost got a nice dry spot to put other bits and pieces obviously before you take off obviously remove them afterwards but uh kneeling down and you know everything you've just got a nice dry area too so yeah a big landing mat i think is definitely the way to go really isn't it for sure yeah definitely and you know just make sure you bring things like um you know lens cloths towels things that you can dry uh, whether it's yourself or the drone off you know <laughs> just mm. if it has got a bit wet if there's a bit of you know 
rain that's kind of kicked up or what you know dirt or whatever uh, that's kicked up onto the lens you know make sure you've got things to clean that off and keep it dry um yeah so have that in your in your kind of your winter kit bag yeah that's it yeah because things will start to get um colder and uh and sort of the the dew will start to set in and you know you will start to get moisture on the aircraft if it's just sitting around so being able to clean that and wipe it off is always is always handy as well so hopefully some of those tips will be useful like i said before a lot of them are kind of semi-common sense but i think the fact we've gone over them hopefully now will give you a better idea and a better understanding of what to think about and what to kind of plan for before flying uh during uh like i say uh, november the 5th but just before we finish the most uh, sort of useful, I would say, or as useful as what we've just talked about, will be the camera settings. Because if you get these wrong, you might as well not be there, I would say. So this is um, Adam's area of expertise. So I'll hand over to Adam for just a few little points and sort of settings that you might want to tweak. Because you wouldn't want to film in auto, Adam, I don't think, would you? No, absolutely not. So auto, I mean, I would never shoot in auto no matter what the situation is. Although the, some of the auto settings are getting a lot better now. Um, I would always try to keep as much control as I can. So, yeah, make sure everything's in um, in manual mode um, as best you can. We know that some uh, drones, you can't change the aperture. It's a lot of the consumer ones are fixed. So, you know, you're just stuck with what you've got there, which is fine. Yeah. But the ISO, we'll, we will want to fix. We'll get onto that in a moment. Um, the white balance, you'll want to fix as well. And you want to set that for a daylight um temperature um so about 5600 kelvin um if you're looking at the kelvin range or just daylight conditions otherwise you yeah. may get some funny um uh colors uh, it might just look a bit weird if you don't set the, the white balance right or if you've left the white balance on um, auto as soon as the firework start to go off because the the drone will be kind of trying to compensate for all these different colors and it doesn't know what it does is it daylight is it cloudy is it what is going on? It will just start to kind of vary through the different white balances, um, which, which will do uh, okay. weird things. So so set it to, to daylight um, okay. conditions. Even though you're at night, it's set it to, to daylight, and that will just keep everything nice and um, and neat in terms of the, that, the color range that it won't run through. Great. Um, so um, you probably want to set your frame rate to um, either 24 or 25 frames per second. I wouldn't shoot in 30. 30 is the American um, uh, kind of way of shooting things, which gives you that soap opera look. Uh, 24, 25 yeah. is better um, for more cinematic looks. Although if you do want to shoot uh, some slow-mo of, uh, of fireworks going off, then by all means, you know, up that frame rate. The only thing you'll have to consider, though, is if the, the higher the up the frame rate, the um, higher you will have to up the shutter speed. Now, without going into too much, basically, the higher the shutter speed, the less light your drone will be able to let in. Uh, now, we're shooting, yeah. at night, we're shooting at night time, so we've got to try and get almost as much light in as we can to a certain degree. So, um, obviously, the higher the frame rate, the higher the shutter speed will have to go two which will make things darker so we're going to be striking a nice balance here so if you're shooting at 25 frames per second generally we'll shoot at um one fiftieth of the kind of the general rule of thumb is two times the shut sh sorry two times the frame rate so the frame rate is 25 our shutter will be at 50. Um, right. now there are some people who uh, may argue against this and you know it depends on the kind of look you're after the thing is with that kind of 50 frames per second it gives you a uh, sort of a, a, a 
pleasing motion blur. So you will yeah. get some kind of motion blur within the image. Now, if you want it to be super sharp as kind of the fireworks are going off and exploding, then you can up the shutter speed. But as you up the shutter speed, it will reduce um, how much light it hits the sensor. So you'll yeah, have a darker image. Um, so for, for argument's sake, we'll say 25 frames per second um, for the frame rate, uh, 50 shutter speed. That's kind of standard thing. So the only thing really then is it's the ISO really that we're going to be mm. uh, tweaking. So we would recommend, and again, it's not um, a catch-all, but it's a good kind of sweet spot we found. It's about 1600 ISO is sort of a nice sweet spot where uh, you should still capture the fireworks going off without them being uh, blown out as they explode but also <laughs> it not being too grainy so that noise that you'll get if you yeah. pop the iso too much so um, for those that don't know iso is essentially an artificial way of increasing the brightness of your image so the lower the iso the uh, less noise is going to be in the image it's going to be a lot sharper the higher yeah. the iso the more kind of grainy and you could do this yourself so if you um if you've got a camera um, and you turn off all the, the manual settings, sorry, turn off all the auto settings, go to manual, and then just go into a dark room. Put the ISO down to 100, and you'll notice the image will be black, you know, if you're in a really dark room. Start to crank it up higher and higher. You'll start to see the an image will start to appear, uh, you know, but you'll start to notice that there's kind of like really colourful little flecks on the screen. The more, the higher up the ISO you'll get, the more of these flecks will start to and that's called noise. Um, so... So you, you don't want to go too high, but you want to still make sure that you can see some of the image uh, and some yeah. of the night sky. So 1600 is, as I say, sort of a nice sweet spot. And I would say if you can practice with your own drone, because not every drone has this, you know, the apertures are different on each one. Yeah. Uh, generally, we want to be as wide as possible if we can to let more light in. That The more light we can let in, the less... Um, uh, we have to put the ISO up. But we know that a lot of drones these days have a fixed aperture. That's your um, how wide your um, lens will open. Um, if it's wider, if the f-stop is really low, it'll let more light in. But mm. if it's fixed, we can't do anything about it. So the other thing we'll be able to tweak is the ISO. So keep yeah, the aperture yeah. as wide as possible if you can change it. Set the white balance to manual daylight setting um and keep the iso at about 1600 but you may need to tweak that if you can um change the aperture um yep. and the final thing um i think it's actually potentially one of the more crucial ones which might catch <laughs> you out is the focus um a lot of people just have the focus as manual uh, sorry as, as automatic you know it just kind of the, the computer decides what it wants to focus on and yeah. if you think about it if you're going to shoot in a night sky it the, the the camera won't know what to focus on there's nothing physical for it to go oh that's an object and if there are fireworks going off if you've got it on auto it might be um trying to find which one to, to choose to focus on what light source should i be focusing on here so yeah best thing to do is put it on manual um and put it on um it's, it's something called infinity which is usually sort of like for a very what you'd use for a wide landscape um so best thing to do is um is focus on um you know, a, 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 an item that's far away um you know whether it's a, a, a lamppost or a building that's really far away 
focus on that and that will usually put you on infinity rather than an object that's closer um because if you've got an object that's closer it'll just be blurred everything will be out of focus and you won't have a sharp image so generally keep it on infinity um on an object that's far away and that should give you some nice crisp um video cool Nice. Okay, good. So hopefully they're kind of um, a good starting point, I think, those settings. Obviously, you can tweak them to how you want, but I think if you start there with what Adam's just told you, you'll be well on your way to getting some good shots, I think, really, too. So hopefully that was uh, that section was very useful as well. Very in-depth. I think we always like listening to Adam talking about cameras. He, he knows what he's talking about, which is good. So make sure you follow follow his lead. And like like we've said, hopefully that'll give you some good, some good footage. And if you can, test. You know, test it on maybe... Um, not the night that really matters, I would say, too. If you've never done it before, see if you can go to a little local one and just literally hold the drone and try and record some uh, some some footage. Does it look great? Chances are then if it does, it'll look good in the sky the next time you do it. So I exactly. would say that's a good yeah, idea, too. Definitely, definitely go to a local one, a smaller one. And as you said, you know, don't take the drone off. You don't need to take the drone off the ground to test it. No. Just point it up at the night sky, um, wherever the fireworks are going to be going off. And yeah, and experiment find out what works for your drone not every drone is the same not every camera is the same this is why i don't want to i am always loath to say use these exact settings because no one's camera is the same like saying there's there's apertures that will are fixed there's apertures that will go from f 1.2 to f 22 yes i see yeah yeah, exactly. There's lots of different types, aren't there? So, yeah, I think it's difficult to, to 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 give these are the settings you need. So, yeah, good starting point and kind of work your way around uh, the settings that Adam's talked about. So um, there we go. So, well, anyway, I hope you uh, hope you enjoy your fireworks this week, Adam. I'm sure they'll be great. <laughs> I'd say I've got to try and balance taking a, um, a toddler out that's getting on for 18 months now that doesn't like loud noises doesn't like the hoover going on so i don't know how she's going to be with oh um, with fireworks going off this year yeah ear defenders at the ready i imagine that's it <laughs> lovely nice okay cool so just before we uh, leave you then just a few uh, housekeeping bits and pieces as we always talk about so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already always a good way of getting hold of them uh, as soon as they uh, appear Uh, making sure that you uh, again tell a friend if you don't mind as well and also give the podcast a review if you haven't already but uh, yeah I think that's everything ticked off and uh, another episode in the can so there we go so hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you back next week uh, for the next episode so uh, yeah thanks a lot Adam nice to talk to you again cheers Tom I'll uh, catch you in two weeks you will indeed nice okay so uh, fly safe and blue skies everyone and we'll see you in the next one